Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical world view. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. We're excited to have you all joining us today. And as a reminder, I am a smidge still under the weather. Um, and uh, so, yeah, if I start to, you know, get a sore throat in the middle of the episode or a little bit of a cough or whatever, just bear with me. We're going to push through this. But uh, yeah, I'm a little uh, worn out. So my lack of enthusiasm is not because of the lack of awesome content uh, in Gary DeMar's book that we're going to be going through today. It is purely my body body trying to fight off this illness. So there's that. Check out our show website, which is uh, trdshow.net. And uh, we got a ton of cool stuff there. We have a form for you to sign up for our newsletter, which we highly recommend everyone listening do that. We have a form where you can contact us at the bottom of the homepage. We also have an about page. So if you're new to the, the show and you have questions about, you know, what are the reform dissenters? What are we all about? Check us out on the about page of our website. Also, we have a link, a list of links to all the many platforms we are located, uh, where we are located. Check us out on Gab, Gab TV. We're on Rumble, Odyssey. We are on Getter. We are on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, of course. But uh, if you like uncensored content, we highly recommend you follow us on the pro-free speech platforms like Rumble and Gab and Gab TV. So, <clears throat> excuse me. There it is. <laughs> Um, today is Literature Wednesday, and we are picking up where we left off last week. We started our brand new book last week, which is on the shelf here, Restoring the Foundation of Civilization by Gary DeMar. And we are very excited. This week we started and finished chapter two, so we're going to be breaking down chapter two and all the exciting content in that chapter. But before we get into all of that, we have to do what we always do which we'll is talk about our verse of the week, and it's Wednesday, so I'll pass it over to Jake to do that. Alrighty, and our verse this week is found in Ezekiel 16, verse 13, and it says, Thus you are adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour, honey, and oil. You grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. End quote. And Again, that is Ezekiel 16, verse 13. And the thing that I want to bring out in this is, uh, I think as we mentioned on Monday, that this verse is talking about uh, Jerusalem. And if you read at the beginning of this chapter, uh, God is bringing Jerusalem out of, uh, out of problems and giving it all these fine things, uh, adorning it with gold, adorning it with silver. Um, giving it really nice clothing. It's it's not not that God is only giving uh giving Jerusalem just rags to put on for now. No, these are these are clothing made out of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. Um and then even in the food that they ate, they ate fine flour, honey, and oil. Uh these are all fine things. Uh and so this fits in our in with our discussion on Friday where we're talking about physical possessions 
and the use of them and also how they show God's beauty. And, but I think later on in the, in the chapter, it shows the misuse of these fine things. And it is very, um, it's good for us to discuss this kind of stuff because we have the idea in our current culture that says, at least in our current Christian culture, that it's all going to just fall away uh, in, in the end of the age. God will come back and destroy it all. And, um, but we have to think of this victory in the right way. We have to think of this victoriously and that these things are meant to show God's beauty. And in the point of it, is to show God's beauty. We don't use it uh, in a sinful way. And really, the rest of the chapter is talking about using it in a sinful way. But again, you you come back to this saying, but God did first give it to Jerusalem as a reward, as a good thing. So it is a good thing, just it can't be used in the wrong way. There, there are a lot of things like that, especially like um, alcohol alcohol use can be a bad thing if misused but when used correctly it is a gift from god so but Mm -hmm. if you want to if you want to figure out the rest of what we're saying because there's a lot more that boots and i are definitely going to be discussing on friday stay tuned for our friday episode because that's a very be a very interesting discussion oh yeah lots to chat about there All right, so thank you, Jake, for that breakdown. And with that, let's get into chapter two of Gary DeMar's book, Restoring the Foundation of Civilization. So I wanted to start out, um, drew a few ideas, mainly what, what today's episode, what I'd like to do is just draw on a few of the key overarching ideas that uh, Gary DeMar tried to get across in this chapter. Um, so some of the quotes might be um, sort of from, from different sections of the chapter, and the, they are kind of smaller quotes because, again, we want to encourage our audience to buy this book uh, and get your own copy of it. So we don't want to do a word-for-word reading through it because that would just not be fair to Mr. DeMar. So we want you to go and get your own copy of this book. So if you haven't done that already, pause the recording and go do that. Um, because it's just a wonderful book and resource to have. So my first section and overarching idea that I'd like to discuss is that freedom begins with restraint from the Holy Spirit. So in our modern America, the reason we don't have freedom is because we have forgotten where freedom comes from. And we've talked about this on the show multiple times. Um, but freedom comes from the God who gives us all freedom, the, the one and only true and living God, uh, creator of the universe. And there's no way for us to truly have freedom apart from him. And so last week, Gary DeMar in chapter one, and also in the introduction talked about all the different ways that people have tried to reach for freedom without turning to God first and all the ways that it's failed every other 
time. Um, that applies to us today and talks uh, actually addresses why our experiment, the American experiment, is failing today. Why it's becoming like every other nation around it. Because we've turned away from the source of our freedom. Uh, Romans chapter 1 talks about this as well. Because we did not uh, acknowledge God, thank him, and worship him as God. And acknowledge that everything good comes from him and every blessing we have today comes from him. God gave us up to do what ought not to be done. Gave us up to all manner of wickedness. And that's what we're seeing today. So page 13, Gary DeMar opens this chapter with a wonderful quote from John Adams. Um, and this was a quote uh, from John Adams addressed to the Massachusetts militia in 1798. John Adams said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. End quote. So John Adams understood this, and most of the founders did as well, that without people being restrained morally and religiously, the evil of their hearts, um, unbridled by those things, can nothing can contend with it. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions that are unbridled by morality and religion. Um, page 18, Gary DeMar said, To many people, civil government is the foundation of the nation. It is not. Self-government under God is the true foundation. The government at the top reflects the government at the bottom. That is, self-government. End quote. And this is spot on, and we've talked about this so many times on the show throughout the past year and a half, that the civil government and the, the edicts up on top are downstream from culture. They're a result, a side effect, a symptom of culture and the people in that culture. The hearts and minds of people and the government of self, the individual, self-government, the individual, that's where the true battle lies because everything else is just a ripple effect of that self individual government on page 22 um i almost said andrew torba still in that mode gary demar <laughs> said um if you want to change a nation the place to start is with individuals in self-government with you and me change will not be realized at the top until there's good righteous self-government under God at the bottom, end quote. So I have three other overarching um, ideas that I think Gary DeMar was trying to get across. And I'd like to break down each of those and list a few ideas and quotes underneath of those as well. But my three overarching ideas are the word government has been twisted since the founder's day. And so if we don't understand what they meant by government, we would have a really hard time interpreting what it what they wrote when they referenced government. So we need to reassert a definition of government that's more in keeping with the founders who wrote our founding documents, uh, but also what's uh, more in keeping with the scriptural definition of government. 
So that's uh, one thing we'll get into, but also the vital importance of self-government. So we touched on that a little bit earlier, but the importance of that in terms of especially our American uh, society and how the Constitution was structured. Um, we're going to address that um, in a little bit. But then finally, I want to address that the civil government is not an evil institution condemned by Scripture. It's something that God gave to us, uh, gave to us for a reason, and it becomes evil if it does not uh, rule itself according to the word of God and is not restrained by biblical principles. So those are my three topics that I'd really like to get into. Uh, before I do get into some of those, Jake, is there anything that you wanted to bring up a quote or a section or anything, or do you want me to do one or two more sections first? Um, I, I just wanted to make a quick comment about this, the last uh, quote that you made, uh, yeah. but talking about uh, the strategy, because he's talking about tactics. He's talking about tactics. How do you change a nation? Um, and and he's talking about the best place to start is with the individuals in civil government. And the interesting thing is that the left or the the devil really has been doing that. Uh, and so they know the right way. They know the understanding of biblical tactics. Uh, but Christians don't. Uh, so I find that very interesting that, hmm. you know, it's... They know, they know what they're, they're better Christians than we are in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. They understand that it's a battle that's being fought on a cultural lower level that boils up. Yeah. They've been playing the long game. They've been thinking about the next generations and really uh, putting a large amount of importance on children, on worldview issues, on all of that. much more of an importance on that than, than we have, unfortunately, to our great shame. Um, but yes, great point. So my next, so what I want to get into is that the word government has been twisted since the Founders' Day. Uh, Gary DeMar makes the point on pages 18 through 20 that there are actually four distinct governments in a well-functioning society that is based on scripture. These governments are self, family, church, and civil. And we've talked about this tons of times on the show in the past, but for those of you that are new, hopefully this makes sense. If you have questions about that and that sort of Kuyperian idea of sphere authority, sphere sovereignty, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to get an email from you with any questions you might have about that concept, that idea. But uh, four different distinct governments in society. Each have their own tasks and responsibilities given by God, and each must restrain themselves to those areas of society that God has given them to reign over. Um, For instance, the individual does not uh, get to impose the death penalty against someone who wronged them. They don't get to do that. That's the civil government's responsibility is to bear the sword. Also, the civil government does not get to educate the children that belong to the family government. That's not their job. The children, no responsibility of the civil government unless a crime has been committed to them, against them on them. That's the family government's job, is to train and educate children. 
in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, of course. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So that was addressed extensively on pages 18 through 20, but really throughout the whole chapter. So if you have the book, read through this chapter and let us know what uh, we missed that you would be interested in uh, sharing with us. We'd love to discuss that with you. Page 22, Gary DeMar said, failure to make distinctions among the various forms of government can can and often does lead to tyranny by civil by giving to civil governments an illegitimate monopoly of power, authority, and sovereignty, end quote. For instance, if you were, oh, I don't know, this sounds absurd, but if you were to give the civil government responsibility over the children of a nation, think of the damage that could be done if that civil government suddenly decided they wanted to be God. And they wanted to have control over every area of, of your life, from how you can build your houses to whether or not your restaurant is allowed to stay open and meets, quote-unquote, guidelines. Think about how absurd that sounds. Obviously, that's just bonkers, and that would never happen, right? But if that were to happen, imagine the damage and indoctrination that they would do to the next generation of children by telling them, this is to make a better world. And this is for your safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I doubt that'll ever happen in America. We're free after all. Um, I want to talk next about the, the vital importance of self government and particularly in our American society today. Uh, quote from page 15, Gary DeMar said, the most important government is God's government above all things. The second most important government is not the civil government of the United States formed in and by the Constitution. It is self-government under God. The Constitution begins with we the people. As the people govern themselves, so goes the government of the nation. End quote. And I think that that is a wonderful quote um, and perfectly sums up what we're trying to get across here. That civil government is not the most important government. It's not top of the food chain. It is equal under Christ with the family, the church, and the individual. They all have equal authority and power under Christ. Now, is that to say that uh, they all reign over the same amount of people? No. Obviously, the civil government has a much broader range that it's in charge of, an entire nation, as opposed to the individual just being one person or the family just being a group of people. Um, but does that make the individual any less important than the civil government? Nope. In fact, it's more important because eventually that person and those people will be in the civil government. So we need to make sure that the people are right before God and have a proper worldview before they go into the civil government. So, Finally, page 15, um, Gary DeMar said, We, the people, are not left to our own desires to govern ourselves autonomously or to establish a civil government that results in the tyrannical governing of others. The voice of the people is not the voice of God, end quote. And on page 15, he went into further detail throughout the whole chapter, really, um, discussing why democracy is not something we want. Uh, democracy is not something the civil that the uh, the founding fathers wanted. Democracy is not biblical. Democracy is not what we want. 
what we want is a nation governed by the word of God. Biblical principles, limited jurisdictional authority as ordained by God and laid out in scripture. That is not democracy. That is what the founding fathers termed a republic, democratic republic. All right, before we move on to my final uh, section, Jake, did you want to bring up a section or something from the, the book? Yeah, in in talking about uh, the importance of the self-government, uh, Gary DeMar says on page 20 and move on to tw- page 21, uh, Gary DeMar says, in terms of the Bible, the word government includes the following. God as the original and ongoing governor of all things. Number two, the individual in self-government under a under God, a person who governs his own behavior without external force. Three, self-government does not mean autonomous government, that is, where individuals are law unto themselves, doing what is right in their own eyes. Judges 17.6. Four, the positive side of self-government is manifested in terms of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22-23, especially self-control. The negative effects are manifested in the deeds of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and evaluated in terms of God's law, Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11. Number five, husband, wife, and children in family governments. Uh, then he brings up 1 Timothy 3, 5, which says, if man does not know how to manage his own household, How will he take care of the church of God? And then number six, ecclesiastical officers in church government tell it to the church, Matthew 18, 17. Church government settles disputes among members, 1 Corinthians 6. And then finally, number seven, a political ruler in civil government is described by the Apostle Paul as a minister of God to you for good. Romans 13, 4. And again, that is on pages 20 through 21. And Garen Ma goes on, on on page 21 to explain, sorry, on page 22, I think, he continues, uh, this idea that, um, that the self-government is the most important. And it is a domino effect, he says, um, from the self-government to all the other governments. If the self-government is not regulating itself and making sure that it's in that it's working right, if that government isn't working right, then all the other governments are not going to because every other government is made up of individuals. And it's almost in a sense where the in, if the individual is not working correctly, the family will not work correctly. If the individual is working correctly, but the family's not working correctly, then the church is most definitely not going to work correctly. So it's a exponential scale of if the government before it is not working, then this government certainly will not work. Yep. So without all the other governments working, and no, I don't think anybody today can say that these governments are working great. Uh, so really, how can we expect our civil government then to work correctly that's really good that's a really good point yeah that they will inevitably crumble and as we've discussed on the show in the past um 
And really, this goes back to our Friday episode last week, where we talked about a limited gospel versus a full gospel. All of this can be traced back to the individual, right? Oh, the individual doesn't understand how to govern his family according to the word of God, even though he claims to be a Christian. Where does the fault of that lie? Whose responsibility is it to teach the individual how to run their family as unto the, unto the Lord? It's the church's responsibility to teach the individual how to run their family according to the word of God. It's literally the church and the pastor's job to study the word of God constantly throughout the day and the week so that he can prepare to give marching orders to his congregation that Sunday. It is not the pastor's job to perpetually give his congregation the milk of the word without teaching them how to live a biblical and godly life. But when the pastor does not preach on the duties and responsibilities of parents, the duties and responsibilities of elders and church-going people and leaders in the church, and when the pastor does not preach on the responsibilities of the civil government and what their limited roles are in society, how will they know without a preacher? We need more pastors who stop restraining themselves and do what Paul did and not shrink back from preaching the whole counsel of God. That's what we need. And that's why there are so many issues today because of that domino effect Jacob was just talking about that he derived from Gary DeMar's book. When the civil, when the, the self-government, when the individual doesn't understand how to live according to the word of God, that goes back on the pastor's shoulders because he hasn't been faithful in his job to teach them how to do that. How will they know without a preacher? So finally, we'll wrap up today with my final segment. The civil government is not an evil institution condemned by scripture. First uh, quote is from page 16. Gary DeMar said, government is an inescapable concept. Governing is always taking place. It is important to learn the limits of every government and their proper application in their jurisdictional domains. End quote. This is important to understand. Uh, last week on our Wednesday episode, Gary DeMar was talking about in his book how important it is that we don't resort to anarchy or turn into the French Revolution and down with the aristocracy and strip beheading people and the bloods or the, the streets run red with blood, right? That picture is a picture of destruction, of chaos, and not the biblical way to do anything. Civil government is an institution ordained by God. But what does Paul tell us in Romans chapter 13? That government ordained by God is to be a minister from God for your good. A minister from God for your good. They bear the sword and they handle limited roles of defense for the nation. They are the justice division of society. They do not tell you how to build your house. They do not build roads for you. They do not educate your children. They do not give you money when you can't make it yourself. The church's job is to provide for the poor. The individual and family's jobs are to work for the kingdom of God, which includes building roads and other things in society, not the civil government's job. Finally, um, but before I wrap up, though, the main point of this is that 
you cannot have a society without a civil government because man is still fallen. We need civil government to restrain us when we don't restrain ourselves. There's a reason they exist, and that's because we need a justice division of society. We need a, a division, a part of society that looks at the word of God, <clears throat> excuse me, and people can make appeals to it when a crime, a biblical crime has been committed. And those people in the justice division of society that have been studying the word of God understand how to um, pay back those people and have the, the victim get restitution from the perpetrator of the crime. Or if the death sentence is necessary, that occurs. There are all sorts of biblical principles for justice and the civil government needs to know what those are so that it can r rule justly and um, justly uh, dish out justice, right? When a crime has been committed. Uh, finally, I'll wrap up with a quote from page 19. Gary DeMar said, the Bible makes it clear that the civil magistrate has certain obligations to restrain the practice of evil because not everyone is self-governing, end quote. Couldn't have said it better myself. So hopefully this was informative, um, gave you some additional concepts and principles to study or think about, digest, and ask more questions about. Um, if you haven't already picked up your copy of this book, you should totally do that. What are you waiting for? Um, get your copy of Restoring the Foundation of Civilization by Gary DeMar as soon as you can. It's a wonderful book and we highly recommend it. Jake, any final words before we wrap up? Nope. All right. And with that, thank you all so, so much for watching. Don't forget our show website, trdshow.net. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And we will see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.